Boom. There it is. Ugh. Not yet. Not really. I like that idea of the live show, though. I think we should really talk about that. Well, I'm going to be talking with you about that after this. I got, I got ideas, man. I'm so excited. <sighs> Welcome to another episode of Man vs. World. I am your host, Mark Quepin, and I am joined, as always, by my young ward, Pete. Pete, how you doing? You know, as a professional term, just to keep things professional, Mark, I would prefer if you call me sidekick, but that's we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> sidekick? I like young ward. It makes it makes me feel like a like a seasoned veteran, and you're kind of like I don't know some some strange little boy i picked up on the street who i forced into spandex and you follow me around on misadventures i think it's that's actually pretty accurate yeah maybe that's (laughs) that is pretty accurate actually (laughs) how you doing today man Uh, i'm doing good how are you hope you guys are doing well yeah i'm doing good doing good excited for uh, seeing what you got for me because i didn't i didn't screen these clips so you might have absolute hot garbage and it might be on me to carry the show today we'll have to see We'll see. Well, let's just dive right in. We'll, we'll find out. So, yeah, I found this guy named Ice Cold JT, and uh, he intros Is he ice videos. cold? He, I, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't met him personally, but um, he's pretty great. I like him a lot, and okay. he's got a video called Stop Doing This Every Morning, and uh, I think it's pretty great, so let's check it out. All right. Let's see here. So it's 4.89 p.m. and you just woke up. Your alarm clock is going crazy, but you still feel mad tired, so you hit the snooze button. Yo, how often do you guys miss the snooze button when you're trying to, like, turn it off? Like, for me, I'm just, it's, like, it's like seven tries before I get it. Uh, and, I, and I'm, like, panicking, too, because, like, it's kind of loud. And if it's, like, I can sort of hear it through the walls and, like, I don't want to, like, wake my daughter up before it's, like, time for her to get up. So I'm just, like, slamming it and uh, <laughs> trying to get it down and it just doesn't work You well. don't have an Android, right? Or you have an I Android. Do. See, yeah. if you have, like, an iPhone, I've just opted, pro tip, just go for the volume button because it's a lot easier to find. Otherwise, yeah, you're tapping on the screen all the time. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, the alarm clock goes off again, my boy, and you hit the snooze button once again. This cycle continues for about 2,000 years until you finally realize that you gotta take a fat, watery piss. Now, instead of getting up to go to pee, you decide to check your notifications real quick. And as you're checking these notifications, all types of information is being shoved inside of your brain. You got text messages for all types of group chats, goofy pictures from Snapchat, cringy memes from Discord, anti-crusty videos from YouTube, and worst of all, bouncy booties from Instagram. Now we all already know what's about to happen after seeing those squishy circles, especially first thing in the morning when you got that morning Yamato. (laughs) And this right here is the worst way to start your morning. That's actually pretty great. Um, Yeah, I remember back when I was a a fapper, um, like the, I relied on that that morning 
jerk sesh to like get myself going. It was just like kind of like my pre cup of coffee coffee where it was just like, you know, I turned on all the, the neurochemicals and, you know, finally let me get out of bed. Uh, it was a nice kind of like boost of endorphin and shame all at once to uh, get me to brave the cold floor uh, and leave that comfortable, warm abode. Uh, yeah, no, I think I think that's actually a, a pretty good video. Like, you know, the, the morning time, like whatever you do first thing in the morning, it does sort of set the precedent for the entire day. Like every single day, it's like your brain, not entirely, but at least a little bit kind of wipes the slate clean. It's like a new land of new opportunity. And if you just like start your morning off poorly, then that's in the back of your brain. It's like, this is the person that I have been today. And it sets the narrative. And if the narrative is, uh, I'm just going to basically be chasing stimulation, running from what I should be doing, and, uh, you know, escaping into fantasy, you know, sexual indulgence, that kind of stuff, then, yeah, it's, it's really hard to turn things around and really kick ass um, for the rest of the day. It's not impossible. You know, I don't want you, in case you had a bad day today, it doesn't mean that you can't have a good second half of the day. But like in order to do that, you have to create like a frame shift. You have to like actually talk to yourself about, hey, we're changing direction here. Otherwise, you're just most likely going to follow the path that you first set on or started on. And this is why uh, like books like um, The Miracle Morning by Hale Elrod, uh, like things like that, they're, they're such a... Uh, there's such a, a cultural kind of force for the people who like, you know, catch on to them and whatnot, because when you get your morning down right, the rest of the day becomes so much easier. Now, some people, I think, I think it's, you got to be careful with what you do with your mornings too, because I think some people, they try and go super, super hardcore on how they do their mornings. It's like, all right, I'm going to get up. I'm going to immediately take a cold shower. I'm going to meditate for three hours. Uh, I'm going to eat a bowl of nails. And then, you know, I'm going to, still supposedly somehow have energy to like do the rest of the day. Um, and there is something to be said for getting some hard stuff out and, uh, out of the way first thing in the morning. Um, but it doesn't have to be like that, right? Like you can do that if you're at the point in your own personal development, self mastery, where, you know, that's the right move for you and you will likely progress toward that point, but not everybody does. Sometimes like it's, it's about making that morning, uh, just feel good. I know a number of people who have been very, very, you know, successful and stuff like that. They focus on trying to make their mornings like very, very peaceful. It's like, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to put the coffee on and I'm going to, uh, you know, make myself a nice breakfast. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to, you know, read my journal. I'm going to whatever. And, uh, that can work too. But I think the real key to it is it's just got to be intentional. It's got to be something in your morning that, aligns with the person that you want to be. That's the number one thing that's most important. Because if you, from the very first thing, the very first moment you get up in the morning, you're behaving like someone you want to be, well, then it's easy to keep behaving like that person that you want to be. Uh, it's just that when most guys, they don't actually have a plan for what their morning looks like. It's just like, all right, I'm like he said, I'm going to just avoid getting out of bed until uh, either I kind of fat myself out or uh, I just have to piss so bad that I'm forced out. Um, and, you know, I've been there with both of them, but that's not that's not a good way. That's that's completely unintentional. That's entirely passive. If you're going to take a more active approach and you got to ask yourself, like, well, how do I actually want to start 
my day. And it might be different depending upon where you're at in life. Maybe, you know, if you're in a big fitness kick, maybe it is getting up and doing some cardio first thing in the morning. Maybe uh, for some people, it's like, I'm going to get up and meditate. I know for me, for um, a number of different periods in my life, it was like a get up and immediately go into content creation. Like if I was working on a course or something big like that, um, that's that was the best use of my morning because I would get like you know half hour to an hour of really focused content creation done before I did anything else in the day, and then that, that stuff really kind of added up. So um, it's just going to depend on where you're at with with things in life, and just having that vision ahead of time. And if you really want to take it up to the next level and make sure and try and enhance your follow through on this, is the night before you spend some time visualizing what you want to have happen right when you wake up. That time of like maybe setting out your clothes or uh, maybe it's setting up your workspace or uh, even just like literally sitting there and then just visualizing what you want yourself to do. If you do that before you go to bed, it primes your brain so that when you wake up, your brain knows what it's supposed to be doing right away um, instead of like having to come up with the idea of what you're supposed to do. If you have to create the idea. It's much harder than just having to remember it from the night before. And so, uh, yeah, a little bit of foresight makes those uh, mornings much easier. And uh, yeah, so much easier. Alrighty, guys. Next up, we got a clip from Hafiz from the Roommates podcast. He was asked why a man who's making $300,000 a year shouldn't go the way of Dan Brazilian and, you know, just travel the world and sleep around. And this was uh, his response. What, what was that guy's name? Hafiz. No, not him. The, shouldn't go the way of Dan who? Brazilian. <laughs> Bilzerian. Oh, Bilzerian. <laughs> this is, you guys missed it, but before we went live, uh, Pete, what <laughs> what did you call it? It went in, the, in a right. Yeah, Itasalese. He's like, I'm going to read the Itasalese words in our note app. I'm like, Itasalese. Like, the uh, you, the the famous Greek philosopher italicized. He's like, oh, italics, italicized. It's <laughs> like, yes, all right. Pete's pizza. Uh, I don't know. He didn't have his raw beef yeah, liver today. I'm apparently. still waking up because I sl- I hit snooze too many times. So, <laughs> all, right. all right. At a we had a live show, and a guy asked me a question. He said he said you know I'm making three hundred thousand dollars a year. I'm living my best life. This, that, and the third. Why should I not? Travel the world, bang chicks, and sow my royal oats. So, so and I and I and I initially, you know, gave him gave him um, my thoughts about about it. Then uh, then Chris was sharing for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then I stopped, and I said, you know what, I was wrong about what I just said. What I think you should do, what I believe you should do as a man, I was wrong, is do exactly that. You have your money, travel the world. Do exactly what's on your heart. But here's what's gonna happen: thirty years down the line, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be at, I'm gonna be doing a a a, a, a speech. Mm-hmm. I want to bring you on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you a microphone. I'm gonna have a microphone. Mm-hmm. Tell me how your life turned out, and I'll tell the world how my life turned out, and we'll be the judge. Hmm. Interesting. So, I thought I thought the roommates were kind of for that lifestyle. I don't really know no. them that well. They're not. Oh. No. Okay. No, they're well, they're actually, you know, it's kind of funny. They had a Michaela Peterson interview, and Michaela Peterson just before was had an interview with Rolo. Uh-huh. And I guess she didn't really know who Rolo was and like what mm. his values were. And she's like, Oh, these are not really quite as aligned with mine as I thought. So she was on the podcast 
with the roommates and the roommates were like, yeah, that's, we don't talk about like that part of the manosphere cause it's not really aligned with what we want to do. So apparently they're, huh. they're pretty square apparently. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. But I mean, I get what he was saying there about this idea of, you know, Hey, you should, you should actually just go do it because I don't know if he really means that. I think he wants what's best for the guy. So, you know, right. obviously he, he recommended he he go a different route. But like the reason why he might recommend this, because some guys they're just they just don't believe that that wouldn't be the best thing ever. And you kind of gotta experience it, I think. You gotta have um those experiences of maybe you don't have to. If you can't imagine it, but some people can. It's like, oh, if I could just like have like all these you know, random hookups, it'd be amazing. And I think the reason why a lot of guys have this idea is because they're coming from this porn mentality, and the porn mentality is entirely a fantasy sort of thing, right? It's something that happens in a fantastical world that is disconnected from reality, and they assume that when they engage in hookup culture, it's the same sort of thing. But it's not. There's much more to it. There's far more emotionality to it. Um, even and and that emotionality, it is present even if there is not an emotional connection, which actually makes the emotional aspect weirder. It's like okay, so you and a person, you go out, you use each other for their for your you know for their bodies, um, and there's no emotional spark between you and them. Well, guess what? There's still emotions, and that emotion is just like, what what mm-hmm. am I doing? What is this? Especially after the act. After, you know, all that lustful energy has gotten burnt off, then what you have is this weird sort of void. You have this strange sort of emptiness that comes comes over you. And uh, often it can be associated with a bunch of other feelings as well. And you're going to probably want to stuff them down. And as you stuff them down, what ends up happening is you end up disconnecting to that inner voice and that inner guidance. And as soon as you disconnect from that inner voice and inner guidance, you lose your ability to really find your spiritual path in life. Because in order for you to find your real path, to find the path where you thrive, to find the path where you're on fire, where you're just like vibrating with life and energy, you got to be in tune with that voice. And that voice is going to guide you. It's going to, you know, you're going to think about one option. You're going to feel it resonate. You're going to think about another option. You're going to feel it go clunk. And it's like, oh, all right, I just got to find the parts where it sparks and, you know, avoid the spots where it feels like it goes dead. But like, if you're doing something like that, I can almost guarantee you're going to have a lot of that dead energy come up and you're not going to want to feel it. And so you're going to push it down. And that's basically you throwing your compass away, your life compass away. And, uh, if you do that, you're not going to get somewhere you want to go. Almost guaranteed. And that's what he was saying there is like, you know, hey, 30 years from now, you get to come on stage and tell us how it worked out for you. And, you know, I agree with them that there's a uh, there's a low chance of that happening in a favorable way. Uh, either you're going to have a change of heart or um, you're just going to be uh, very depressed and you're going to just keep trying to chase that high because there's many different ways to get stimulation and excitement, okay? You can get your dopamine jacked up like crazy, but never reach any sort of fulfillment. And that's really what we're all looking for. We're looking for that that warm glow of satisfaction and fulfillment in life that lets us feel like, hey, my life is good. I love my life. I love who I am. And I love the people who are, surra- are, are connected to me. 
And if you can get to that point, well, hey, it's like you almost don't even need that much stimulation. You don't need to be chasing these highs anymore. You don't need this crazy drama. You just got like this, this like, mm, this goodness. It's like that, that feeling of like a, a delicious, healthy meal. It's like, yeah, it's mm-hmm. not like cocaine and coke, cocaine and cake, but <laughs> it's actually better. It's like, yeah, that, that'll get you a big old spike, but it doesn't leave you feeling good afterward. And, you know, I would argue it doesn't even feel good during the fact. It's just there's so much stimulation that you can't hear your your dissatisfaction while you're engaged in that sort of behavior. That's true. It's like it's that's the perfect kind of analogy. It's like the difference between running on proteins and fats versus running on donuts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you know, as soon as you 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 yeah, it feels great in the moment sort of to down those donuts but like after you're done it's just you feel like either wired up and then you just go comatose until you get your next donut kind of <laughs> yep pretty much oh man all right next up we got some uh some financial advice from everyone's favorite cult leader hamza so let's go ahead and see what kind of financial advice we can squeeze from this all right hamza my buddy how you doing the one best thing that you can ever spend your money on, which you'll- I love his his little bathrobe style things, or I don't know what he does. Maybe he like sends a rug to like a tailor who like puts these things together for him. But he's always got like the wildest outfits. I like as far as it as far as a clothing gimmick goes, he's he's got one of my favorite on YouTube's YouTube. I think. Yeah, definitely, it's comfortable too. Yeah, it looks it. You're gonna be slightly pissed off because your brain is gonna reject this to begin with. Is to save time. Your brain isn't really understanding the importance of that, but any any like entrepreneur who's watching this video, they can back me up. The number one best investment, the best use of your money, the best thing to spend your money on when you're first starting off, or honestly, just in general, no matter how rich you are, is to save time. Why? Because if you can save time and you have reduced mental load, you can then go ahead and achieve that success you know that j curve of success you saw like with my channel my success i was like a nobody like a year ago i had one 1k subscribers i'm on like just under 400k on my main channel one year later hey he's right that's the way to do it it's like your most valuable asset is your time because you cannot multiply it you got a set amount right and so the best thing that you can do is make your time be more and more valuable. And the way you make your time more and more valuable is by getting all of that low value stuff off of your plate. Okay. Like this, if you were going to study like business and stuff like that, it's like you've got different hourly rates for the work that you do. Maybe you, maybe some of your stuff, like for him, you know, and, and he's practicing what he's preaching. I see him on his channel, like hiring like video editors and thumbnail editors and stuff like that. And that's awesome. Uh, but like, for example, for uh, something like that, like a thumbnail editor or a video editor, that's something that you can put, you know, something between, depending on who you hire, how good they are, somewhere between, you know, $10 per hour to, uh, you know, 60 or $70 per hour work, okay? But if you're someone who's building a business, like, you know, if I'm coaching someone, uh, like a new client with, for me, it's like, you know, I charge like a thousand bucks per session, so that's a thousand bucks per hour. And that's not even the most valuable stuff I could do. It's like if I wanted, if I'm working on a course that might make me hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years, um, you know, that's even more 
valuable. If I'm making high-level business decisions that could affect you know my income for a long time, that's like ten thousand dollar per hour work, right? And so this is how you got to start thinking about your time. Is like how valuable is what I am doing right now, and you know, everyone has different levels of this kind of stuff. So if you're someone who's working an hourly job of like, you know, 20 bucks an hour or something like that, um, when you stop and think about your business, you stop and think about your career trajectory and you make a plan for increasing that time, all of a sudden that time, it's like maybe you're not even getting paid for it in that moment, but that investment, if it can lead to much more money later than that, you're making much, then that's much more than $20 per hour work. Right. And so this is what you want to be kind of constantly thinking about uh, is how do I make that my time investment a higher hourly rate? And the only way you're going to be making sure that you're doing only the best stuff, that highest paid work, is if you're delegating that other stuff. And everyone can delegate to some degree. Like if you're someone who really wants to take this seriously, there's all different sorts of ways you can do it. Like, you know, you can be paying for cleaning services, you can be paying for for meal services, all that kind of stuff. And um, it works, it's valuable, it's necessary because you can't do everything, right? I, I, back when I was running my business just by myself, I just kept, trying to figure out how could I do more different tasks in a day? It's like, how could I edit the video, you know, manage my SEO, uh, talk to my clients, um, you know, do the thumbnails, post on social media, uh, study business development, like come up with the the new business plan, like doing all these things. I was like trying to figure out how could I just like, I'd have like a calendar with like 300 different things on it and I'd have to like task switch a million times a day. Mm. And no matter how, competent you are, there is a ceiling where you just can't do anymore, at least not effectively. It's super, super difficult. You will just struggle because every time we task switch, switch, that's energy lost. It's like your brain has a time period where it has to forget about what you were just doing, and then it's got to load up all the information for what you're going to do now. So every time you do that throughout the day, you're losing energy, becoming less efficient. But more than that, the act of making decisions about what's going to be in your day, that starts becoming increasingly more challenging. Because like, in order to put together these days of you know, all these different tasks, planning my day would take almost as much energy as actually doing it. Because I had to like manage all these different threads and figure out, okay, which one I'm going to do today? I'm going to do it this time. And like, it's just not worth it, right? So at a certain point, like, I think we're designed this way, uh, where at a certain point you have to start spreading the load around. You have to um, start specializing and getting support. And honestly, it just makes it way more fun and engaging too. If you actually hire good people, you know, it's a it's it's a, a wonderful thing. And Many people are afraid of it because it's like, oh, I don't want to share the profits. It's like, fine, stay poor. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that there aren't successful people who are out there solo, but those people who are doing it all solo, they could be so much more successful if they brought a team on just for like oh, yeah. basic stuff. Like it's it's pretty unbelievable. So, you know, don't be that person who's just like, well, I don't know how to hire someone. It's like, well, watch a YouTube video on it. You can learn everything, anything on YouTube. It's like, it's, it's as simple as like going to Fiverr.com and trying to do it. Or if you've got a community already, then it's about reaching out that community and starting to hire from there. Um, you know, 
for, but for sure, managing your time is ultra, ultra essential. I want to get your opinion on this because one of my favorite pieces of advice from Perry Marshall is uh, Perry Marshall, author of 8020 Sales and Marketing, for you guys who don't know. But Perry Marshall says when you're making more than 30 bucks an hour, you should hire a personal assistant. And I don't know why that just blew my mind when he said that. I was like, I guess I never pictured myself with a, a personal assistant, but I'm like, oh, that's a goal now. I'm going to try to get a personal assistant. So what are your thoughts on a personal assistant? Because a lot of people, you know, they can't outsource to Fiverr. They they maybe work a job where they actually go to a place to work and it, there's no, there's no, you know, they're not online, uh, you know digital nomads like us, I guess. Right. Um, I think it's absolutely something that a lot of people should consider. Um, like I, you're kind of like my assistant now. Um, but at a, eventually I want you to have your own assistant and I probably want an assistant just for my personal side of things, because like, you know, I can't even tell you how much time I spent just like, I spend just like doing stuff like booking, like doctor's appointments and managing insurance payments and exactly. just like just like dumb shit I just don't feel like dealing with but it's just like administrative overhead that that takes me away from doing the stuff that only I can do and so it's like you know that that's uh, I mean if you're looking to do the best you're looking to actually accomplish the most you can in your life you want to unleash the most of your potential then that's the way to do it um, and this is where um, you know the whole traditional marriage thing if you can you know if you can find a woman who wants to play that game with you it can work out really well because i know a lot of business owners where it's like yeah the uh the the man you know he's kind of like he runs the high level business stuff but then his wife is essentially like his you know person who keeps everything connected and running um and so you know that's a classic dynamic that has proven to be massively successful uh over a long period of time like that whole idea of um the you know behind every great man is a great woman kind of thing yeah it's uh it's a really powerful thing i mean like right now that's part of the only reason why i can function is because my wife is at home she takes care of uh the home and stuff like that and uh i'd be living in absolute squalor if that wasn't <laughs> the case and if you're a bachelor i mean you're probably living in squalor anyway let's just be real i mean that's just <laughs> yep. how guys behave ten but you don't have to be and in fact you would be more satisfied i think if you just put a little bit of extra money into getting your your place cleaned up higher cleaning service um and that money you put in there i can almost guarantee the the excess kind of clarity and space and relaxation you would get by living in a clean environment would more than pay for itself so something to think about guys definitely Alrighty, guys, next up, we got um, a clip from Rob Mulder, who basically has a thought puzzle that proves that everyone has all the discipline they need to achieve their goals. Let's see. Imagine that a billionaire would come up to you and he would say, I've got a job opportunity for you. You will have to sit at a desk and press a red button because I tell you to. You'll press it at least once a minute. Nothing will happen, and you could press it more often if you want to, but press it at least once a minute. Do it eight hours a day, seven days a week, one year straight, no days off, no monthly paychecks, but at the end of this year, you will get $381 million. Would you do it? Would you take up this amazing opportunity? Now, most people will probably say, yes, absolutely. I don't need to think about it. I don't care about the fact that it's a boring job or the fact that I get no days off. 
I'll take the job and I'll bring up the discipline to start spamming that button every day, right? And this is quite interesting if you think about it because there are so many people right now that are struggling to bring up discipline. They say, I can never find the discipline to work towards my goals. But if these very same people would be placed in this opportunity, then suddenly they don't struggle to bring up discipline anymore. Okay, that's kind of a dumb take. Um, <laughs> for multiple reasons, okay? Uh, first of all, like one of the reasons why people struggle to, to bring up discipline is because there's not certainty involved in it. He just outlined right. a scenario where it was certain that you were going to get 380 something million dollars uh, if you did this insanely boring sort of thing. Um, so he does talk about that too. A little bit it? like, yeah, I, I cut it out. Sorry, Rob. But he does kind of go on to say like, well, the reason why is because they're not certain. But the funny thing is, the okay, the uncertainty is there, right? So what do people do? They say, I'm just going to revert back to my comfort zone and not do the thing that would give me an opportunity to have all that success. And then they just guarantee that they won't have success at all. Right. And so in this kind of scenario, it's like, well, if you look at it like that, if the millionaire says, hey, if you do this, there might be a chance you would get this much money. And mm. then it's all of a sudden it's like, well, that sounds like a shitty deal because <laughs> I don't want to do that for a year straight and then not get the money. And so what I think he's missing here is, um, unless it's in the longer clip, is this, this kind of connection to your own personal mission. Right. Like he kind of made this sort of vacuum sealed abstraction of like how things go. But I think what you really need to be doing constantly is like tapping into your natural discernment of like, what do you want? Like this idea that I have around protagonism, I found a, a, just a really simple way to describe it. OK, it's like protagonism is the process of viewing yourself as the hero of your own story. And that sounds pretty simple, mundane, and obvious and whatnot, but it actually allows for a pretty dramatic psychological transformation. Because if you just if you don't think of yourself as a person in an epic story, okay, then pain is pointless. If you're not part of a larger narrative in your mind, then all pain is absolutely pointless and worthless, and you should do everything you can to avoid it. Okay. But if you start looking at yourself as a hero in an epic story, all of a sudden pain plays a very, very important role. If you think about all the, uh, the, the, the best stories, all of any even good story, what does it have? It's got conflict. The main character has to face challenge. The main character has to suffer. And the best stories have the main characters suffering intensely, okay? And so if you were looking at yourself as a you know hero on an epic journey, well, then you realize, oh, well, this, the more I suffer, the more conflict I face, the higher heights I will ultimately rise to because that's the way it works. It's like the, 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 the greater the struggle, the greater the triumph, right? The more you take on, the, more, uh, the, the bigger the payoff will be. And so what this attitude does of looking at yourself as someone who's part of this big story is it actually transforms pain into something valuable. It transforms it into something that actually is the key to unlocking whatever your next level is. And so this is why we have to be looking at things in this context, okay? Like just some arbitrary button pressing stuff. It's like you would have to like 
build an entire narrative of what you would do with that money and you know if there was like an that would have to be the best way for you to get the money and not any other way and that kind of thing and if you could work it into some kind of narrative like that where you're able to see that button pressing as a heroic thing that actually authentically vibes with you and as the person that you want to be then sure that's that's cool. But for most people, it's got to be more connected than that. There's got to be more meaning. There's got to be more uh, tied mm-hmm. into your natural wants and desires, not just this, um, you know, abstract desire for for more money, which most people, they don't even know why they want it. It's like, what would you do with it? Right. What would actually make your life better? And this is why so many like millionaires or whatever, or like people who win the, the lottery, they just lose it all because mm-hmm. it's not plugged into anything for them. All They just are this one person who's living on this one energetic plane. They get a bunch of money dropped in and they are that same person and they use that money in the way that person would. And guess what? They blow it all and they end up in the exact same plane again because there is no character transformation. There is no journey. There is no adventure. And so it's like that's what it's got to be plugged into. You have to actually elevate yourself. You have to aim for something higher that calls you to transform your character. And if you go through that journey of psychological transformation – and you become that hero, well, guess what? You actually moved up a level, and that's where you're going to vibrate now, and you're actually going to be ready to uh, live on that level stably and comfortably. So that's what I think about that. Yeah, you know, that's exactly – if I was in that position, because it sounds easy, but when you actually think about what it entails, like you have to press it once a minute for an entire year, you there would come a point – where I would need to also be. for the record, I would never take that. That sounds that sounds horrible. I I care about my <laughs> life more than that, and I I trust that there are better ways to, <laughs> to 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 make to make money. Yeah, way more. I would rather make three hundred million over fifteen years living a life that I really like, rather than completely throwing away uh, a year of my life doing something absolutely fucking dumb. If I had to sit in like a white padded room and push that button, I would not do that. But if I had like a mobile button that I could like bring with me places, like Elon, if you need a red button pressed, I'm your guy. <laughs> Hit me up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, All righty. So, guys, it's time. It's that time. It's time to rate some NoFap advice on Reddit. You ready, Mark? Ooh. Oh, I'm excited for this. Okay. So, a little, little precursor here. Like, back when I got into uh, no, like actually NoFap, the subreddit, was the community I used to quit porn. And I barely knew anything about quitting porn back then, but a lot of the advice was so bad that like I knew I was confident that I could start my own YouTube channel and my own like community around quitting porn and do way better because of how bad the advice on there was. So let's see <laughs> if the advice has gotten any better or the conversation's gotten any better there. Alrighty. So let's see. This is the original post here. So the original post says day eleven but I watched porn. It's day 11, boys. Really grateful, but I was so close to relapsing. I watched a lot of porn. I feel so bad, but I didn't bust. What's the point? I already watched porn. I feel like all this progress has gone down the drain. So, Oh, man. Let, here. Let me, let, me, let me respond to that first, and then we'll, we'll get into the comments. Yeah. Okay? So what would you tell this guy? Okay. Uh, well, you relapsed, buddy. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, uh, I mean, you used the drug. That's the thing, right? You used the drug uh, at least part of the drug. Okay. Um, it's like saying that, uh, you've got a like alcohol addiction where you eventually then also do heroin at the end of it. 
It's like, okay, well, I got really hammered last night, but I didn't do heroin. Good thing I didn't relapse. And it's like, well, you kind of did. I mean, because you watching a bunch of porn that released all this dopamine in your brain. Okay. And yes. Okay. I guess it's kind of good that you didn't nut, but there's a caveat to this because the thing with using porn is that uh, if you don't ejaculate to it, what tends to happen is you can just keep watching it for a very, very, very long time. And what this can lead to actually is your brain releasing even more dopamine than it would if you just, you know, watch 10 minutes of porn, relapse, you're done. Instead, now you're watching two hours of porn. Okay. It's like, which one has worse psychological effects? I don't know. They both suck at that point. So, like, one of the things that we see all the time with this sort of thing is that, like, oh, as long as I don't nut, it's totally fine. Or you see the flip side of, well, I didn't watch any porn, but I jerked off. And honestly, both of them, I think, are hurting you. Both of them, even in isolation, are not helpful. For the porn use side of things, or like like just watching the porn, that's like I said, it just jacks your brain up. It goes through all of this kind of stuff where you're getting desensitized to natural sexuality. Um, it's you know filling your brain with all kinds of garbage that'll stay in there even years later when you're trying to have an actual intimate relationship with your partner. You'll you know it can make your partner less attractive if you've got like all these hot images of women that you're comparing her to. Um, and it can also just like dampen your connection to them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just like the stuff you see in porn, uh, Just there's just some crappy stuff. Even if you're trying to avoid it, those sites, they just have so much stuff popping up. You're going to see some stuff that's just you don't really want to see. Let's be honest. It's not good for you. It's not good for your brain. It's not good for your soul. Then if we were going to just take that part out, it's like, well, all right, yeah, I hear you. Porn's bad. Um, but... Masturbation is fine, right? Well, not exactly, right? I don't think that's good either because, first of all, it's like devaluing your sexuality. It's just turning it into this itch that you think you can, you need to scratch, right? It, it trains you to not be able to hold your sexual charge. And learning how to hold your sexual charge is one of the keys to tapping into your highest levels of energy. Like the the whole semen retention crowd, they're kind of onto something with this. I don't know if it has to do with like the the minerals and stuff being released so much as it has to do with the neurological conditioning of being able to be present with your own sexuality and not make it go away, not just shoot it into a bunch of tissues or whatever. And on top of that, if you're jerking off, chances are you're creating mental porn. Even if you're not watching it, you're training your brain to sexualize, to, to fantasize sexually, which is its own problem. Like I've had guys who were really addicted to that. They had this compulsive fantasizing issue where they just would just think of sexual scenarios and they would use it to get off and whatever. But it became this thing that was very distracting to them. It was their own form of escapism. It became its own barrier between them and con connected intimacy with their partner. They would have to be all up in their head instead of being able to actually being present with their partner during sex. And so it's like basically your brain gets good at whatever you practice. And so if you're practicing creating porn scenes in your brain, well, it's going to keep doing that, and that's going to get in the way of a natural, healthy sexual functioning. So, like, all this stuff's bad. You want to stay away from the whole thing. And is it better that you just, you don't nut? Probably, yeah. Especially if you've got a streak going. Um, if you don't masturbate to it, you can probably get back on the, on track a little bit quicker. 
for some reason that full circuit of doing you know the the porn and the masturbation it does seem to uh really just keep you dug into the hole but you don't really want to just trade it for just doing one or the other because that becomes its own cycle in and of itself which is challenging to break so let's see what uh, uh no, what i the, think well i think i think you're wrong here mark because um Dikashpa number seven says watching porn isn't really a relapse for me because i don't really get stimulated by it so clearly it doesn't stimulate everybody so okay exp- well explain yourself well then why are you watching it <laughs> it's like if you're not getting anything out of it what are you doing then it's like you just a moron no of course you get something out of it it's like yeah it's like a drug it turns on neurochemicals in your brain and it makes you feel a certain thing so yeah that's that's dumb all right we got one person saying don't fap but reset your timer okay that's yeah. good all it's right pretty reasonable okay hey there we go we got some good uh some good advice in here 553 days this guy knows what's up um Watching porn is a relapse, no matter if you fap or not. Um, the most important part of is getting porn out of your life. Um, well, I would say they both are bad. Um, yeah, okay, and then we immediately get this. Let me see what they say. I can he says I can just take porn out of my life, but masturbate. He says, I mean, you can try, but you'll most likely fail. And you need to. Yeah, he's right. Look at this. People get in this stuff. He says, you will most likely fail. First, you need to rewire your brain to function completely without this stuff. And once you succeeded, you can masturbate when you actually feel horny without porn, of course. Um, I would say that's that's going to be a lot of work. The work required to get to the point of being able to masturbate without risk of relapsing to porn, that would be as much work as it would take to learn, just cut out porn and masturbation. Mm. So uh, I think... That's just the better the better deal. It all comes back to that that sexual self mastery series. I think it's episode two. Why hard mode is the best? Hard mode handles. is the best mode. Yeah, man. Yeah, I personally would rather nut with no porn than binge a ton of porn and not nut. Okay. Hey. All right. I'm proud of the NoFap subreddit. I think they're doing much better. Um, I'm hoping that uh, I maybe had played played some part in the upgrading quality of the advice in there, but that's, that's pretty good. Um, so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Alrighty guys. That's all we got for you on this episode of man versus world episode eight. We're, we're just, we're just chugging through these. I love it. We'll be on episode 100 before you know it. Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, if I don't change the name on it, uh, before then, I think I, that's, I'm going to talk to you about that after this, but it's not going to we'll happen, say. guys. Don't worry. It's safe with me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I, I, need, I, I need people to protect me from myself. Uh, sometimes I just want to change. But, this, but you'll have to hear me out on this one because this, I don't think, is a bad idea. We'll, okay. we'll have to see. All right. I'll hear you anyway, out. guys, um, <laughs> love you all. Thanks so much for being here. Hopefully you, you are enjoying this series. Ooyah. See you on the next one.